Hi everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's Gospel reading at Mass is from John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. So let's start by reading the passage. This is how John appeared as a witness. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He not only declared, but he declared quite openly, I am not the Christ. Well then, they asked, Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We must take back an answer to those who sent us. What have you to say about yourself? So John said, I am, as Isaiah prophesied, a voice that cries in the wilderness, Make a straight way for the Lord. Now these men had been sent by the Pharisees, and they put this further question to him. Why are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, and not Elijah, and not the prophet? John replied, I baptize with water, but there stands among you, unknown to you, the one who is coming after me, and I am not fit to undo his sandal strap. This happened at Bethany on the far side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Okay, so let's spend a bit of time looking at the text of what's going on here. It's one of those lesser known readings. Most people are reasonably familiar with John the Baptist and his message, but this interaction with the Pharisees is not as well known. So we're looking at John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. So the first thing to say is the John that's being talked about in this passage is John the Baptist. It can get a bit confusing because the author of this gospel is also named John, but the author of this gospel is the Apostle John, and the John that's being talked about in the passage is John the Baptist. So to make it a bit easier, I'll refer to them as Apostle John as the author, and John the Baptist as the character in the story. It says that John the Baptist is there as a witness. So that's the role of John. He's there to testify that the Messiah and the kingdom of God are about to come. So the other gospels will usually use the word evangelize to talk about proclaiming the good news. But John, Apostle John in his gospel, rather than using the term evangelize, he talks about witnessing. So John the Baptist is here witnessing, he's proclaiming the gospel, the coming of the kingdom of God. And it says, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem... So the Jews, when John uses the term, John the Apostle uses the term Jews, he's talking about the Jewish leadership. And we later learn, if we read on, that he's talking about the Pharisees. So whenever you see this expression, the Jews, in John, he doesn't mean the Jews as a whole. He means the leaders of the Jews. So by this point uh, in history, John the Baptist has become very popular. People are flocking to him. They're being baptized. They're repenting. And so... Naturally, the Jewish leaders are interested in who he is. So they send out some priests and Levites. So the priests and Levites are those who are in charge of looking after the temple. And the Pharisees have sent a delegation of these priests and Levites to find out whether, or to find out who John is or uh, who he thinks he is. Which of the end times prophets does he think he is, as we'll, as we'll see, is the focus. So the question they ask him basically is, who are you? 
they're not familiar with who John is. They don't know. They haven't seen him before. He's not a traveling preacher or a well-known rabbi from Jerusalem, like many of the other rabbis were. Uh, he's He just lived in the desert for most of his adult life. He hadn't been to Jerusalem as an adult. All the people came out to him. He didn't come to the people. So they want to know who this guy is. Who is this desert dweller that's getting so popular and proclaiming repentance? So that's why they send the delegation. Verse 20, Apostle John tells us that John the Baptist not only declared, but he declared quite openly, I am not the Christ. Apostle John talks about this a few times in his gospel. He wants, apparently at the time Apostle John is writing, there were a group of people who thought that John the Baptist was the Messiah. And Apostle John wants to make it really clear that John the Baptist is not the Messiah and that he knew that he wasn't the Messiah. So that's why he keeps mentioning it. So in verse 21, the the priests and the Levites ask him, are you Elijah? Now, some people have looked at this and said, oh, that must mean the Jews believe in reincarnation because Elijah lived a long time before this. But the fact that they mention Elijah is interesting. They don't believe in reincarnation. It's just that Elijah, if you read Elijah's story in the Old Testament, Elijah never actually died. He went up to heaven in his entire body. And there's predictions in the Old Testament that Elijah, because he's still living in some sense, is going to return one day. And you can read about that in Malachi chapter 3, verses 23. And so a lot of the Jews were expecting Elijah to return just before the kingdom of God arrived. And John the Baptist did have a lot of similarities to Elijah. He's preaches at the same spot at the Jordan River. He's got very similar clothes. He's got the same message. So John the Baptist's answer, though, is I am not Elijah. Jesus later on in his ministry would clarify that although it's true John the Baptist was not literally Elijah, he actually did have the spirit and power of Elijah. So John the Baptist is the fulfillment of all of the predictions about Elijah. So the next question they ask him is, are you the prophet? The prophet. So this comes from Deuteronomy 18.15. So in that passage, Moses, just before Moses dies, he says, a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up. So as a result, the Jews looking at that text in Deuteronomy were looking forward to a final prophet that was going to come. A prophet like Moses. Now, at this time, they didn't identify that prophet as the Messiah. They were expecting the Messiah and they were also expecting a prophet. Later on, people would start to realize that actually those are predictions of the same figure. That prophet that Moses predicted and the predictions about the Messiah are both talking about Jesus. But at this point, the Jews don't realize that the prophet is the Messiah. Verse 22. So he's denied both of those. He's not Elijah and he's not the prophet. So The priests and the Levites asked John the Baptist, well, who are you? We must take back an answer to those who sent us. So this indicates that it's really the Jewish leadership, the Pharisees that want an answer. The priests and the Levites have just been put under pressure to go and find out who he is. Verse 23, so John said, I am as Isaiah prophesied, a voice that cries in the wilderness, make a straight way for the Lord. So the reference here that John is referring to is from Isaiah 40. And in the original context of Isaiah 40, it refers to this idea of getting ready for the coming of the Lord. And in the context, that's God. 
But by the time of Jesus, it had come to be seen, particularly by the Essenes, which is the community at Qumran who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, they saw these passages connected to the future redemption of Israel from their covenant punishment. There was this whole theology that had developed about the Romans had overtaken Judea and Israel because God was punishing the Jews. That was the common Jewish thought. And eventually they started to see this Isaiah chapter 40 passage as a prediction of the future restoration of Israel. And so John the Baptist cites it and says, he's the fulfillment of this Isaiah chapter 40 passage. He says, a voice cries in the wilderness. So in Isaiah 40, um, it's a metaphor that carries the idea of a message being conveyed to the people in Isaiah 40. And John the Baptist says, I am the greatest fulfillment of that. He says, uh, I, I literally am crying out in the wilderness. This is a prophecy about me. And then the second half of Isaiah chapter 40, or the second part of Isaiah chapter 40 that John the Baptist quotes is, make a straight way for the Lord. Often we skip over that, but that's a really important quote, make a straight way for the Lord. In the time of Isaiah, when this originally was written, so perhaps around 700 BC, if the people knew that a king was coming, they would literally prepare a road. They would get a highway ready for, and they'd tidy everything up so that the king could come in to the town. So that's the original context. And John the Baptist here says, I am the greatest fulfillment of this passage as well, because I'm telling the Jews how to prepare the way for the arrival of the Messiah. So he uses that concept of getting the town and getting ourselves ready for the coming of the king, and he applies that to the coming of the Messiah. So it's interesting how this hints even here that Jesus is being equated with God, because in the original context of Isaiah 40, it's telling the Jewish people to get ready for the coming of God. And now John the Baptist says, this is about to be fulfilled. So really interesting connections here with Isaiah 40. Verse 24, uh, John, Apostle John now tells his readers, these men had been sent from the Pharisees. So the Apostle John feels it's necessary to tell his readers this so that the readers will understand why the priests and the Levites keep pressing John the Baptist for information because the Pharisees want to know. Verse 25, they ask John the Baptist, why are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? So their thinking is that since he's not any of those three, he doesn't have the authority to baptize. He's just a random. John the Baptist doesn't really answer their question. He doesn't actually answer the question, why are you baptizing? So the idea seems to be that, well, if you didn't understand what I just referenced from Isaiah 40, well, then you're not going to understand why I'm baptizing. So he doesn't try and keep convincing or explaining it to them. Instead, what he says in verse 26 is there stands among you, unknown to you, someone who is greater than I. So apparently Jesus is standing there watching this scene happen, which makes sense because if you read on in John chapter 1, the very next day, John the uh, sorry, Jesus approaches John the Baptist. So apparently Jesus is here watching this scene happen. And John the Baptist says, there stands among you someone who is greater than I. John the Baptist here says, I baptize with water. And then the other synoptic gospels go on to add the second half of that sentence, which is, but the one who is coming after me will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. So referring to Jesus as the Messiah 
having a greater baptism than his own water baptism. He says, The one who is coming after me, is coming after me, I am not fit to undo his sandal strap. So in that culture, the most demeaning task a slave could do for his master was to touch his master's feet. That was considered to be the worst, grossest of tasks that a servant would have to do. John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy even to do that for the Messiah. That's how much greater he is than me. The last verse here, verse 28, says, This happened at Bethany on the far side of the Jordan. So, Apostle John is telling his readers the location where this happens, which is, it's actually just beyond the border of Judea. It's in the region of Perea. It's a desert region, and you can go there today. They've found the site where John was baptizing. So it's really interesting to look at the spot where all this would have happened. And it's known that a major highway passed through this area in the time of Jesus. So literally the entire Roman Empire would have taken this road, and John the Baptist is out there in the wilderness proclaiming the kingdom of God to the whole world as they pass by. So that's John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. There's two places where the Catechism references this passage. So let's look at how the Catholic Church develops teachings based on this passage from the Bible. In paragraph 575 of the Catechism, which is in the section about Jesus' relationship to Israel, it says many of Jesus' deeds and words constituted a sign of contradiction, but more so for the religious authorities in Jerusalem, whom the gospel, according to John, often simply calls the Jews, than for the ordinary people of God. So here it's picking up uh, John's reference, John Apostle John's reference to this group of Jewish leaders as the Jews. And here the Catholic Church teaches us that when we see the word the Jews, we should see that as the Jewish leaders who struggled with Jesus' teaching. And then in paragraph 719, which is actually a description of the role of John the Baptist, I'll read out the entire paragraph because it brings together a lot of themes about the role of John the Baptist really well. John the Baptist is more than a prophet. In him, the Holy Spirit concludes his speaking through the prophets. John completes the cycle of prophets begun by Elijah. He proclaims the imminence of the consolation of Israel He is the voice of the Consoler who is coming. As the Spirit of Truth will also do, John came to bear witness to the light. In John's sight, the Spirit thus brings to completion the careful search of the prophets and fulfills the longing of the angels. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God, Behold the Lamb of God. So that's the end of our podcast today. Hopefully you've learned something new about this somewhat lesser known passage from John chapter 1. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you tune in again tomorrow.